Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Each and every Monday on the program, Jason Munns joins us. He's the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter on X at Munsley. Munns, what are we listening to? This is Guided by Voices, Jeffrey. And uh, they're taking us back to the lake. Taking us back to the lake. All right, I guess we'll start here. Are the Tigers fixed? Are they fixed? That's a that's a great question. Um, I don't think we know yet. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm in the same spot where I told Mark I am open to the idea that they that they had a bad two weeks and that they're now back on track. I still think this is a massive, massive week for them. Oh, oh, without a doubt, this trip to Texas is is huge. Um, it, it will tell us, I mean, honestly, uh, I mean, you know, Thursday is going to tell us a lot. And, and, you know, depending on how that goes, Sunday might tell us even more. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can be talked into it either way. I can be talked into that. They have they like you said they had a bad two weeks and they finally have um, figured some things out. Um, a lot of what they said yesterday after the the win against Tulane, I I mean it it sounded really good. You know when Penny was talking about how he sat him down after the narrow win against Wichita State, which. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw, but that same Wichita State team just took FAU to overtime. They lost, but um, there were some controversial uh, things that happened down the stretch that um, ended up forcing that game to go to overtime. Um, but, you know, there, there was a – Penny said there was a film session where he showed him some of the – some of the really, really ugly things that they had been doing over the last month or whatever and said, this is kind of where we are. And then he showed them some good stuff from when they beat Texas A&M, and when they beat Clemson and said, this is where we could be. And he said it kind of really might've gotten cracked the ego uh, shell for some of the guys. And, you know, I asked him and and Javon Quinterly specifically about David Jones and just how much better, more well-rounded of a player he has looked in the last couple of games. 
Um, you know, he's he's put up twenty three and ten and uh, four. 23 points, 10 rebounds, four assists in each of the past two games. Uh, same exact stat line in each of the past two games. Um, he's been more efficient shooting the ball. Uh, he's not taking those same sort of reckless abandon um, shots. Uh, and and really, to me, that was kind of the only thing. I mean, yeah, would you like him to pass the ball a little more? Sure. Um, but he, he's been... I mean, re- really, to me, the, the, the biggest thing was those sort of out-of-control uh, deals that led to turnovers. You know, games where he's turning the ball over nine times, seven times by himself. You know, that had to stop. And it seems like it, it we, we might be on the, you know, sort of trending in that direction. And if that's the case, not only does it make him better, it makes others around him better, and obviously that makes the team better. But at the same time, I could certainly hear the argument that they're they're playing – lower level, you know, teams that are very much subpar to them. Wichita State, uh, Temple are bottom of the league, and Tulane is not having a very good season either, uh, especially away from home. They're very good at home. They've been very good at home. Uh, away from home is is a completely different story. So, yeah, I I just don't think we know yet. Yeah, I think one of the things, and I don't, again, maybe you can avoid this and never let it happen, but I want to see how they react when they get punched in the mouth, because yeah. one of, one of the key one of the key things we've been watching this year is what happens when things start going against them. That's when you start to see the missed assignments, whatnot. Like I, I want to see, like you know, for the most part, the Temple game. Yeah, it it got kind of weird in the second half, but it was a game they largely controlled. They yeah. largely controlled yesterday. Like I want to see what happens to them when when things don't go according to plan. Yeah. I mean, I think they, I think yesterday, and I said this on Twitter or X, um, I thought it was their most complete all around performance since Virginia. Yes. Which was like Agreed. Two months ago. Um, and, and yeah, I mean like they led for something like some ridiculous number, like 38 minutes of that game. And that has not happened in a very long time. Um, even the game up in Wichita that they put up 112 points, they also gave up 86 points and were only up by three at halftime. Um, so, you know, like that was a back and forth game in the first half. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I even th- like, yeah, they had 25 assists in that, in that Wichita state game, but they also had what something ridiculous, like 44 made field goals. Well, yeah. It, it was um, almost like the assist numbers were going to go up just because they, they hit so many threes. And it was like, as soon as the yeah. pass went in, like that was going to kind of inflate the numbers. Yeah, 19 threes in that game. So, yeah, you're going to get a lot of assists. But yesterday they were 21 assists on 29 made field goals. Well, they went into the game um, assisting on right at 48% of their made field goals for the whole season. Well, yesterday, 21 out of 29, I forget what exactly that math works out to, but it's way better than 48%. So, um, so you know, yesterday looked really, really, really good, and especially – you know, yeah, Tulane's had their struggles on the road, but that was a Tulane team that is the number one scoring offense in the league, and they had a week to prepare. They they had not played since the previous Sunday when they when they played Temple um, at home. So, you know, it, it, I think they held them to what twenty something points in the first half. Twenty nine. Um, Memphis. Yeah, twenty nine points in the first half. It's like you would you would think that the 
best offense in the league would would you know be a little better than that. But um, so credit to Memphis for that. Um, but you know, I mean, to be fair to Memphis, you know, you're talking about getting punched in the mouth. You know, they were getting handled by Wichita State just a couple of games ago, uh, and you know, we saw they turned it on late. Penny stopped subbing um, over the last seven and a half minutes, and and that's how they responded there. Now I'm with you that you could write that off as just sort of like, well, Wichita's one of the got one of the worst records in the league, and that was a few games ago. Now they've sort of got a little bit of momentum back. Um, you know, how will they respond after they've won a few games in a row and actually go up against a marginally better team, which is what North Texas seems to be, that would be interesting. I I would be very interested to see that as well. Uh, Another thing, and you've written about it, it's it's over at commercialfield.com about David Jones and, and how he has been evolving as a player the last couple of weeks. I understand he's going to garner garner most of the attention, but I've really found myself wondering, is the biggest reason they look better because Quinterly's playing better? I think so, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, like, I I don't remember where I, I think I wrote this in the, in the, the observations, uh, re, the re, yeah, the recap right after the game that, you know, obviously the two best players on the team are David Jones and Javon Quinterly. And when they put, when they, when one or both plays well, things are, things are pretty good. Uh, you know, you, 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 you're, you're in the game. If one or both of them plays well, especially if both of them play well, you're probably going to win. But, uh, you know, when you get somebody like Naquan Tomlin or Jaquan Walton or Nicholas Jordan or Malcolm Dandridge to step up and be a, a legitimate third sort of third, like a, like a good supporting actor, best supporting actor type thing. Um, then they become that much, they become dangerous at that point, in my opinion. And, um, but no, Javon Quinterly is, is always has been and always will be the head of the snake. David Jones is going to get the headlines and the spotlight more often than not, just because he scores the most points. But, you know, yeah, when Javon Quinterly is, you know, distributing and controlling the pace of the game, which is exactly what he did against Tulane. When when Memphis needed and wanted to go fast, they did. And when it was time to sort of rein it in a little bit, Javon Quinterly's got a he's got a, a lot of the time he's got a really good sixth sense about that. You know, uh, and I, I I think Kendrick Davis had the better season up to this point. Like he had one of the best seasons in Memphis basketball history from a production standpoint. Um, he was a better scorer than than Quinterly is, but I think that Quinterly JQ has just a much better sense feel for the game. Uh, maybe not much better, but he does have. I feel like he's got a better feel for the game, and it's been on display. Yeah, he turns it over. There are games, you know. Sometimes we sometimes JQ does struggle um you know but when he's on yeah when he when he's on memphis is uh memphis is going to be very very tough to beat so you hope if you're a memphis fan obviously that uh that he's going to be on the rest of the year the other thing that i mentioned with mark 
you know, it's it's happened. It's in the past. There's no moving on from it. It does make you realize the USF has turned out to be better than we expected. But blowing a twenty in the poll, blowing a twenty point lead against them, and then the Rice loss, like those are the two that I think you're going to look back and be like, those yeah. were those were the killers because if they flip the if they flip the result of those two games, they're sitting here in first place. Yeah, you've got the UAB loss on the road, but that was kind of understandable. It, it's it's I think it's those two losses that that make it so tough. It is, without a doubt. I mean, UAB also beat FAU last week. Yeah. So, you know, Andy Kennedy is a really, really good coach. I don't need to tell you that. Um, you know, and, and they've got some guys. Like, Axel Lindenborg is playing like an all-conference first-team guy. Um, so, yeah, him, Eric Gaines, like, UAB has some guys. They just haven't seemed to quite put it all together, although – they do have wins over FAU and Memphis um, right now. Uh, I'd have to look at the rest of their schedule to see if they've got any wins over like Charlotte and you know how they did against South Florida and whatever. But uh, yeah, man, like it's those are the two that that are the reason why Memphis is in the position that they are in. If those two, if they had won those two games, which they only lost by a combined four points, uh, you know they lose by one to South Florida, lose by three to Rice, up by 20 at some point, uh, at one point against South Florida. Um, you know, Rice was rock bottom. Uh, just, just seemed like, it just seemed like there was some real bad mojo happening. Yeah. Still uh, lingering uh, over, over the program at that point. But yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, so UAB Given, beat South Florida yeah. at home in the early part of January. They lost at Charlotte 76-70, and then their other loss was the SMU loss last week or last Sunday. At, at, uh, that game was on the road. The UAB has a win over the team that's currently the, – the only loss, conference loss, that South Florida has Yep, is to UAB. Uh, and then they've beaten Memphis and FAU, who were the two odds-on favorites to – to you know, first and second place uh, preseason. Uh, that's pretty good, um, but no, like South Florida and Rice. You know, if you go out and you take care of business down the stretch, if you take two of three in the uh, SMU and the two FAU games, if you take two out of those three. I think I think I could make the argument that you even only go one and two in those games, and you have you and you do pretty well in the conference tournament. You don't go, you don't go and get put out right away. Then I think you're probably in because that, that means you're beating FAU at some point, um, whether it's at home or on the road. Um, I think the but, key is going to be what because part of this is like how much do these wins help their net? The problem that they're running into now, it's like. Okay, well, if they run the table, the net will solve itself. But if they don't, if they're not running the table, like you're going to move up. But I don't know if you move up enough. Right now, there's what at seventy seven, I think seventy five, seventy five right now. I mean, basically, what you're asking is like they really need to get into the fifties. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. You got Charlotte coming to FedEx Forum. You got UAB still, another another shot at UAB. 
Um, if those two teams continue to play well, then you know that's certainly better than games left against Rice and UTSA. Um, and then, of course, again, two two uh, matchups with FAU and 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 one against SMU, and obviously the one Thursday against North Texas. Like it's a pretty stout um, stretch run here. The only the only really like not great one is is East Carolina, but even that one's on the road. Um, I I think yeah, but I but I agree with you. I think that they're going to have to. You know, like they were up 25 at one point on Tulane, and they only yeah. won by 12. I say they only win by 12. But it matters but metrically. It does. Yeah, yeah. They got to finish these games. They were up big at Temple and only won by seven. Like, they got to finish these games to make up some of the ground that they lost by losing to Rice in South Florida. And then, of course, they have to they have to win some of these some of these key matchups. Um you know, against teams like FAU and SMU, uh, it, it, it doesn't hurt, uh, I wouldn't think, if Texas A&M stays hot, Clemson, Virginia, VCU. If all those teams stay hot, I don't think it hurt. you know, Villanova even. Um, I, don't, I don't think that hurts Memphis's. I think that could buy them an extra three or four spots in the net if you're getting down to it at the end and you need to get from, you know, 55 to 50. Um, but it, I, I, like, I, I think this has the potential to be a very, very, like people might write uh, dissertations on, like if Memphis gets in and their net is sixty, yeah, and yet and yet they're still twenty four and seven at the end of the regular season and they don't win the conference, they might not even finish in second place in the league standings, and yet they somehow still get an at large bid. Uh, with a, with a net of 60, like <laughs> this could be one of those, because like you get to the end of the year, there's a, there's a possibility that Memphis has five wins against the projected field. If yeah. ECU is included um, and they beat FAU at least once um, with, you know, five or six quad one wins. Uh, it's it's going to be a really compelling resume if it all plays out that way. Um so yeah, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be really really fun to keep track up down the stretch though. And like, that's kind of the thing where I struggle with. We'll close here. At a certain point, it's like okay, if they don't go two and zero this week, they still have other opportunities. I acknowledge that, and, and I can understand that. But it's like at a certain point when you've backslid a little bit, you kind of have to get caught back up. And I really do just think, I think from a like getting back on the the committee consciousness, like I you're think right. they need to have like they need to have one of those weeks at some point. Yep, and I think you're right that this week is a perp- is a golden opportunity to do that. Like two and zero, uh, on, both games on the road, both games top eighty uh, in the net. Um, yeah, like this this would do that. This this would sort of bring it it wouldn't it wouldn't bring you back to where you were but it would certainly it might it might bring you to the right be, side of the bubble it yeah it might be the two games that you've been looking for uh, here in the last couple of weeks to not erase the south florida and the rice losses but certainly uh, maybe negate them i don't know if that's even the right way to explain it but but yeah like beating north texas in Denton, and then beating SMU um, at Moody Coliseum 
I think you're absolutely right. That that would do wonders for their for their March Madness complexion uh, going forward. And and you know you got Charlotte coming in here next week as well as FAU. It would it would set up it would just set you up really well for the last few weeks of this season. So yeah, we'll see if they can do it. I think I, I think they. Sunday's tricky, man. Yeah. I just think Sunday is going to be really, really tricky. They got they got some athletic guys. Uh, Zurich Phelps is amazing. Um, they felt like I, they I let one get away. Yeah, right. Like I think they're going to be okay Thursday. Um, not saying it's a it's a gimme by any stretch, but I think they'll be okay Thursday, especially with the way they're playing right now. Um, Sunday's going to be a little tricky, though. I think. Muns, we appreciate it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.